Welcome back to another episode of the Kitman Podcast. My name is Rohan. I know you guys missed me last week. Owen and Dillette, they just, it's not the same. I know. I'm back. It's okay. It's okay. I'm back. I'm back. coming in hot today. I am coming in hot today. I'm coming in with some fire because whatever you're doing, yes, you, the listener, stop what you're doing. If you're driving, pull over. If you're getting beat by your mother, tell her to stop. All right? Ooh. All right, you need to rate us five stars before you, before we get into this episode. Okay, so go ahead, do that. Thank you, I appreciate it. it. Helps us out a ton. All right, now we have a fire episode for you guys. It's Chelsea. We're just gonna tarnish them today, and helping me trash them, Eric Frank. Eric, how are you? I'm doing very well. Always to trash on some Chelsea. Yes, it's always a good time. It's always a good time. And defending them, trying to uphold their team, who is out of both domestic cups and currently tenth place in the league. Melina and Owen, how are you guys doing? I don't know if there's much defending that can be done. I'll be honest. Yeah. You know what? You should. There's not a lot. The, there's not a lot of defending happening over at Chelsea either. So we will be. That is true. This is true. No, as soon as especially when you put out like five 19 year olds against Manchester City, but that's all right. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Okay, so let's kick it off. Melina, what the hell is happening with Chelsea right now? Like, what's going on? Break it down for us. Okay, so I think what's going on is both a combination of long-term and short-term failures. I think a lot of Chelsea fans don't want to admit that under Roman, the whole like marriage managerial merry-go-round is like it was a joke and it was funny and that's everyone you know would shit on us for it and we'd laugh at it. But you can tie a direct line from those managers being chopped and changed so quickly or so often um, to what's going on now, because we have dudes in the squad who are Antonio Conte's players (laughs) and Antonio Conte was the manager when I was in high school and I'm almost two years out of college. So that's a very long time. Um, And so you have like Conte, Sari, Frank, Tuchel, and now Potter, just an amalgamation of players who don't really fit together and we're seeing it now um amalgamation yeah. that's a good word yeah SAT word. word yeah <laughs> yeah um but I totally just lost my train of thought <laughs> oh sorry my bad <laughs> no, no, no it's okay but yeah it's it's we're seeing the effects of that now because you're not allowing a manager enough time to to sort of implement what he wants with these players and develop these players 18 months is not enough time um and Roman, I think as much as we loved him and he loved Chelsea, that's what I think rival fans don't understand just how much Roman Abramovich loved this club, loves this club. And he solved problems the way every ultra mega rich person did. See a problem, throw money at it. Not really any rhyme or reason. Um, and it's biting us in the ass now. I just think Graham Potter's not the problem here. <laughs> Graham Potter was never the problem here. Thomas Ducal was never the problem here. It's those people who show up to training every single day who do not give a shit about this club. And I say that with like it vehemently, they don't give a shit about this club. Eric, your thoughts. I think the managerial merry-go-round they used to put themselves in was actually good because the managers were the best in the world. Like when they're going through Mourinho and Chilotti, Scolari, and Mourinho again, Conte, that's when it would work. But the names they've been getting in recently, like Lampard, Sarri, Potter is, I rate him higher than those two, but again, he's still not one of the top managers in the world. They're not getting him from Real Madrid like they did with Mourinho and Ancelotti. Well, Ancelotti ended up at Madrid. 
but when you get these managers, players don't really have a loss of sort of respect for that don't have credit in the bank, then that's when you begin to see these mercenaries who show up and don't care about Chelsea, as Molina was just talking about. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm sorry to jump in, but like there, there hasn't been a manager, I think, recently where these players want to run through a wall for him. And that's what you have. That's what you need sustainably. And like what you were saying, we're getting, you know, the top, top managers that works in the short term. I think people are very much blinded by all the success we've had under Roman for 20 years. We literally won everything that you could win, but it's not, I don't want to say not all about winning, but it's not when you're looking at it now, we are crumbling to the ground because of 20 years of just like papering over the cracks. Cause that's all it was like throwing money at the problem and not really strategically finding players um, who will fit our system. And it's, it's not a, a coincidence that every striker who comes to Chelsea is shit. Like it's, that's not a coincidence. One, two, okay, 15, that's not a coincidence. Yeah, literally all the way from Andre Scherler to, to, to Romelu Lukaku. It's, it's, it's been a rough little run, run of form for Chelsea number nines. Mm-hmm. Respect Scherler. He wasn't as bad a signing as most of them. That's no, true. That's true. He, Andre Scherler, underrated. My king. I missed that, man. Yeah, he, he, he wasn't the worst. Interestingly. Um, Owen, how, how do you feel? Do you feel the players don't care and it's just kind of karma for throwing money at problems? I, I would say I would agree with the, you know, you don't get as big of a name. You're not going to have as much commitment from the players. Um, I, I don't know. I just feel like the, the signings that come in are just big money signings. They just like see these players that are just great in the moment and don't really I feel like they're not looking too far back and tracking so much history. And they're just seeing like a good short term run from these players and then signing them off the bat. And then it doesn't work out. And then everybody is just like, oh, why isn't it working or what's happening here? But they're not like they're not looking at it strategically enough to see who will work for the manager of the system. It's just like, oh, they're good right now. Let's buy them for a lot of money. So I think that's I feel like that's just what's been happening in recent years in Chelsea and especially right now. So that's just not working up like the managerial styles and the signings. It's not really cohesive. I agree. I think they had more of an identity in the first season with Lampard when they had the transfer ban. It kind of went from having all these, it was the transition from like the William Pedro Hazard era into like Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, Tamori, Reese James. And that season, there's a lot of positivity around the club because for the first time you're seeing these kids who would constantly be loaned out and sold from the academy, given the chance. And then that first summer under Lampard where, well, the second summer where they had the first, use the first, chance for him to be able to buy players they threw all this money at ZH all this money at Werner Havertz and it just kind of ruined things what they had going with Tammy Tomori these guys ended up just getting shoehorned out of the club I missed him with these big names I missed him I as soon as we sold him I saw it in March before he left I was like we are going to regret this and seeing him ball out at Roma I'm like you know what King you do you King you do you I'm so happy for him yeah, all that hard work in that season under Lampard, 2019-20, where they were integrating these young guys, was kind of just thrown out the window. I know they won the Champions League and had the short-term success, but all these big money signings did not work out at all. It was a terrible financial decision. I don't know if that was Lampard's move or if it was Roman's move or is okay, next up, we've got to do all this. What do you guys think? It was 100% Roman because 
all Frank wanted from that transfer window was Declan Rice. That's all he wanted. He wanted Declan Rice. And instead we got Timo, which I'm a ardent supporter of Timo. I will defend him till the day I die. But the rest of them, it's just like, dude, this is yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. So, so you mentioned the striker curse and how they're just throwing money at players. Is that, is that what's happening now with Jao Felix? Because he just signed a loan for the end of the season around 11 mil, which isn't bad for a player of his quality. Um, and a club like Chelsea, who <laughs> literally throw a bajillion dollars. Um, one thing about transfers, I personally hate talking about like a player who's either going to come in or um, and see how they do, just because you don't know how these things are going to work until you literally see the player in the squad and how it works. Um, and on two, also, I Todd Bowley is not Roman Abramovich 2.0, so I think there is a method to the madness we just don't see it and I'm sure if the recruiting staff who is completely changed now from the old days if they see something in Zhao Felix and they've been talking to Potter about it I don't see why not I don't have any reason to doubt it um I don't know maybe the number nine curse continues maybe it doesn't I, not is he coming in to be the out and out starting striker or is he coming in to play in this attacking front three is like in the Havertz position? I, I think it's the Havertz position. I'm not entirely sure though. I don't see why you wouldn't play him a striker though. He's literally the complete striker. Like he can drop in false nine. He has the skill moves in the midfield. He can link up play. He can get forward. He's good in the aerial area. ability. Oh my goodness. Yeah. His aerial ability is incredible. If you see the compilation of some of his headers, dear me. Exactly. Exactly. I, I remember a couple header. Who who was it? He scored a beautiful header against someone. And it was Arsenal United just went in Champions League last year, I think. Yeah, that's what it was. It was Champions that was League. a banger. Yeah. And then immediately, Arsenal on Twitter, going crazy, transfer rumors, everything. But no, he's a literal complete striker, and he's so young, too. Why would you not play him up top? Yeah, yeah that I, is what will happen. I'm sure. I, I hope so. I think I think Aubameyang needs to... Yeah, you know, replacing with Felix, and I forgot y'all. Had I, a can't, I can't get over it. it was it what this uh, when we play lost one zero to City, and Sterling went out early on, so we put Aubameyang in. He subbed in, and then he got subbed out later in the game, and then we just went because we were still down, and then we went just went to just all midfield power, and then kind of just gave up on the attacking because he just wasn't doing anything. He did nothing that game, so it's like we need Felix up there. Yeah, can't believe he did that. I cannot believe they signed up on me. I yeah. saw a tweet that, hey, desperate times call for desperate measures, my friend. <laughs> um, I saw a tweet today that said, um, and Cuckoo and Zhao Felix are similar like profiles, and I don't watch enough of Cuckoo to even comment on that. Um, but they were saying, like, why would you sign a player on loan and then get Cuckoo in the summer? And I was like, well, there's not an option to buy, which I think is very interesting because now i'm thinking i think this guy is just a stopgap measure for the foreseeable future and maybe testing out somebody similar to Nkuku to see if we can ship out a kai havertz definitely obama you know experiment before it starts i think the the no buy option must have been something from the side of atletico madrid because they do not want to let him go whatsoever even though he's dying in the shackles of Diego Simeone 
Yeah. yeah. Um, they paid a lot for him, remember? They paid yeah. all their Griezmann money and then some for him back in 2000. It was like what? He the was like the most expensive signing? Yeah, yeah he, he was there, up there. Big investment. And they yeah. typically up to that point had not spent a lot of money on players. So that was like the man who was supposed to be Mr. Atletico Madrid. I, I think they must yeah. have also pushed him towards Chelsea because if he can be like responsible for redirecting Chelsea the correct way, his transfer value jumps up. So even if they do want to sell him, they can get at least the equivalent of what they bought for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. Atletico and, and Chelsea have a very good relationship in terms of transfers um, from what I've heard, what I've read. And also, um, also from what I've heard. They're not going to let him sign the loan thing until he extends until 27 with Atletico. So I, I think you're right. Yeah, no, they, they want him. They want him in Madrid. They do not want to let this kid go. And it's yeah. sad because he's so talented and he's just withering away in a park the bus system. Anti-football. Yeah. Okay, but, but let's talk about watching the World Cup. He was so good. Yeah, exactly. He was so good in the World Cup, but. Let's talk about how he can impact the team. Like him and Nkuku, is that enough to start to redirect the ship? I mean, you're just in – did you guys qualify for knockout stages? You guys qualified for knockout stages, Yeah, right? Dortmund. Okay. They've got Dortmund. Yeah, they've got Dortmund. So you just have two competitions, Prem, Champions League. So it's not a whole lot of fixture congestion. Plus you bring in Nkuku as well as Jao Felix. Is this enough to start to right the ship? Maybe even push for top four? No, no, we don't get a midfielder this summer or um, this window or like a decent right back to cover Reese James, who cannot yeah. say save his life. This window's a failure. I don't the striker thing. I don't care right now. It's hold it down in the midfield because it is a mess in the middle of the park. Owen. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just there's too many other holes out there um it's it, those two players aren't gonna fix it I, I think one player that definitely needs to the to be replaced is as Quetta. he's just too old and slow and he's, the, whole right side. the whole right side yeah it's just not not happening over there I think there's a lot defensive and midfield that needs to be replaced before those two can actually make the impact What's the ideal profile of a central midfielder you'd want? Would you want a defensive one? At, like, if you were to get one in this transfer window, would you rather a defensive one or a box-to-box or creator? I'd say box-to-box. Because I think Kovac... Moises Caicedo, Enzo Fernandez, one of those boys. Yeah, I think Kova can hold it down for now. Zakaria has been, like, yeah. really good the last couple times we've seen him. So I think in the short term... That's fine. The cam is more the issue, I think, or the box to box. Yeah, I, I agree. I think someone that can do it all. What about the back three? Do you think it should be Fafana, Badia Shile, and someone in the middle? I think when that Fafana's back, he is always good in a back three. Like Leicester, he was playing in the back three under Rogers those seasons where they finished fifth. Senetien, when it was him, Saliba, and Perry, and he was good. I think if you have him as the right center back, Batty Shile is the left center back then. Maybe stick it out with Tiago Silva till the end of the season. He could even sign another year extension. I love Tiago Silva. 39 next season. Classic. I still think he's got it. I think they should yeah. give him another season. I think so. Good guy to have in the dressing room. He's just Kim so cool. Bali as the center sure. center back for next season. He's not going to play every game at 39. And then you have those two young guys, the right center back, left center back. That could be a fairly solid back three. 
problem there is that Reese James and Chilwell have such a bad injury record and they're so good that the replacements are just an immediate downgrade. And yeah. Mark Kukurea, I I don't think I've seen him play good like more than three games in a row. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, I think that's more because he's not like a wingback. Like his player profile is not a wingback. And that's all we've seen him play really, unless we're forced by numbers to play him as a left back. Um, the first half of the city game, I, I think he was fine, but I think just that second half. Yeah. The second half was terrible. Yeah. Um, I mean that, but that's what I'm saying though. It's Potter's system. He came from Potter's system into Tuchel's system for like a month and then back into Potter's system. But it also feels like Potter hasn't really implemented a pure system that that's his. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I think you're right. In the world cup break, they didn't really do many favors because so many people are out on international duty. So you don't really know how the squad will like congeal together, but I, I don't know. Koulibaly. I don't know, man. I, I wonder what Trev Chalaba is doing in training where he's like not getting a sniff into the squad because Trev Chalaba, when he's on it, second to none, second to none. Yeah, especially I, I as a wide it, center back in the three, he would pretty much be ideal for that. Yeah. That's true. I, I was going to say, I had two things. It's just like, it doesn't seem like anybody's really bought into the Potter system, whereas with Tuchel, it's like everybody was on board, especially like towards the end of his era. It, I don't know if you can call it an era, his term. Um, it was just like, I, I don't know, everybody supported him, and it doesn't seem like you really get that same support, um, at least from what I can tell. And then I also find it interesting that it feels like every game that we play, it's like almost just a, a different lineup. I see like very little consistency with who's starting. And I think that also just makes it hard for people to get on board. And also just like you can't get a system going if you just have so much changing. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, I think Potter is from what we've seen with him in the media. I think he's just too much of a nice guy. And I prefer, me personally, and what I think the players need without being insulting to them, (laughs) is somebody way more militant, like an ETH, like a Mourinho, like a Conte, like a Tuchel, someone, especially ETH, I cannot sing his praises enough. Um, I think militant is like a negatively connotated word, but it's like not militant in the toxic sense, militant in like a, we're not going to cut corners, we're going to do everything by the book get the basics down first and then we'll go from there and the man management aspect of it I think literally all those players would run through a freaking wall for ETH and he's been there since the summer he's the squad has bought into it and I I agree with Owen I don't know if these players have bought into the Mr. Nice Guy pat you on the shoulder type of guy um so yeah (laughs) no that that's fair I, I i understand it like no one's bigger than the club with the eth and he made that known even with a big name like ronaldo but i saw today potter had five to one odds on being the next manager out the door do you think it's too soon or it's time to go what i would go first so i i think it'd be too soon i mean do i think it'd be on brand if you left, yeah, but I, I hope that's not the case. I think you just need more time to really just work the system. And like we were saying earlier, you know, it's like you're not going to get anywhere with this managerial merry-go-round. 
So with the smaller names, we just need to kind of put a stop to it. So I think if he gets more time to implement his system, then hopefully there's more hope for it. Yeah, he's had nine days of a transfer window. I think it's way too soon. Like none of these players are his. What is he supposed to do? That's true. And people want to bring up Chelsea have spent 200 million in the transfer market. They've spent half a million on defenders. None of them are Potter's buys. Potter can't implement a system without his players. Like, yeah, he has Marco Correa, I guess you can say is technically his player, but he didn't even buy Marco Correa. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and the whole transfer thing, it doesn't matter how much money is spent because it all goes back to the original problem. You give Thomas Tuchel the key keys to the kingdom. You spend three hundred million pounds on his buys, and you fire him literally not even a week after the window shuts. So that's a whole different can of worms. But I'm still not over it. I don't know about you, Owen, but I'm just about it still. Eric, what, what what are your thoughts on that like timeline? Yeah, he certainly needs to be given more time. And the injuries they have right now, Fofana, James, Chilwell, it's really unfair on him. Oh, James you mean and Ch- starting eleven. Of injuries? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. But I think James and Chilwell are the best fullback pairing in the league. They've had such a short window of time playing together. Champions League knockouts 2020-21, they were great. That start of last season, the Juventus game, both of them were on it. Chilwell had that record of what, like three and four or three four and, four. and five, something like that, right before he got injured. So if he has these two at his disposal, fully fit, he has his ideal back three, which for me would be Badia Shile, Fofana, and Thiago Silva. He just needs to sign one or two more players, midfield and attack. And I'm sure it'll get it'll get going under him. This is a man who took Ostersunds from the fourth division in Sweden to the Europa League. Okay. Nice. That is no easy achievement. That is an, like that's incredible. That is the Eddie Howe of the Swedish League. And then he says even further into the Europa League, which is mental. They actually beat Arsenal to Emirates. So he's got a credit in the bank for taking a club that's in a bit of turmoil and bringing them up. Obviously, that's a much bigger task what he did with Osterson. But here, the profile of task is a lot higher. I'm sure he'll be up to it. I think he'll see out the season and he deserves one summer transfer window. And then we'll see how they go on next season. Yeah, no, I mean, when you have Pep Guardiola singing your praises as the best English manager and then coming to your defense saying he needs more time, I personally, no matter what, I, I have to back him. I'm legally obligated to back Graham Potter. So so I'm going to go ahead and do that publicly now. But let's turn and talk about Chelsea's goals for the season. Because like I said, you're only in the Champions League, only in the Premier League, out of the FA Cup, out of the Carabao Cup. Yes, you have a ton of injuries. Yes, you're nine days into a transfer window. What are the goals for this season, Owen? Uh, not get relegated. Okay, good goal. Shoot and high. Um, but also I think build consistency because right now what we're seeing is just very much a lack of that. Um, so I just think if we can just you know just play consistently, get a consistent lineup going and just win a few games, play a good against the teams we should be playing good against. You know, I think I'd be happy to see that finish mid, I'd I'd say sixth. Finish sixth, I'd be okay with where we're at now. I would cry for sixth at this point. Yeah. Uh, and I almost want to say, maybe, Owen, you disagree with this, but maybe eighth, because I don't want Europe next season. I don't really? I don't want Europe next season because it's mm-hmm. just another distraction. It's another, like, more schedule congestion, like you said. 
we don't need that right now. Like That's a fair point. This it's a good point. When we when Arsenal had that last season, we had finished eighth two years in a row. We had a season without Europa League, got to play the same eleven every week pretty much. And up until we lost Tierney and Partey, we were completely on it. Third best team in the league until April. Yeah. So the implosion like is that's happening right now. You have to break things in order for things to get better, right? Like you have to break it down to build it back up. Um, so I think that's what needs to happen. Obviously seeing Chelsea at eighth on a table would kill me a little bit, but we have to think long-term. That's a problem with Chelsea fans. We cannot see past the next weekend, which like we need to get out of that mindset. This is not again, Roman Abramovich 2.0, a project lasts longer than two days. I don't know if we are aware rebuild lasts longer than two days. Um, so the only way out is through, we're going to go through it. It's going to suck. We're going to get slandered on the socials, but we will be a better club after it. Molina. Yeah, I, you... I kinda... no, well, no, I was just going to ask Molina, would you rather focus your energy on the Premier League and like try and win the Premier League or Champions League and Premier League? Because yeah, I feel like if you're... It's... Because I, I, I feel like you guys have a better shot of winning the Champions League than the Premier League. Like, but I don't want to win currently. anything. I don't think feasibly winning anything is even in the conversation right now. Like next season, winning it is not really my priority or for the rest of the season, at least. Winning games, as counterintuitive as it sounds, should not be the priority. It should be what you put on that pitch for 90 minutes because how you lose is what matters. It's not if you lost. If you lose and you've played well and you're seeing some progress and you're seeing vertical passes from the midfield for the first time in two months, that's good. We're not at a stage where we can be like, every game is must win. We're not going to get relegated as much as, like, I'm very dramatic, but we're not going to get relegated. That's just not even an option. So perform well. If we, nag, if we snag some points, fantastic. But what we need right now, back to the basics, play well. If you drop points, that's fine. Just don't play like you've never seen a football before. Okay. Owen? Well, yeah, no, I'd agree. I, I hadn't really considered that because that would just be painful to be an eighth. But I think that the the lack of other competitions would probably be better. You have more time to just – there's less distractions. I think that's definitely – you said it well. It's what we need, you know. Um, I don't know. Everything she said I pretty much agree with right there. As much as it would hurt, it would be good for the long run. Eric, I think they need to throw all their eggs in the Champions League basket. That's what I'm Two saying. Two previous yeah. times Chelsea won the Champions League. The season where they sacked Vias Boas, they were finished Terrible. sixth that season. At this stage of the season, they were very low on the table. And then in 2021, they were around 10th in the winter when they sacked Frank Lampard, put all the eggs in the Champions League basket, and they won it, and they ended up That's finishing fourth by the skin of their teeth. So why not try that again? Sometimes if you just focus on that, you know, if you beat Dortmund, suddenly you're in a quarterfinal. If you play a club like Porto or something like you did in 2021, then you win that, you're in the semifinal. Anything can happen from there. Realistically, do you see that happening, though? Do you see Chelsea winning the Champions League? No. I can see them I'm, I'm saying you you have a better shot at winning the Champions League than than finishing top four this season. That's for sure. I'd agree with that, but I don't think either are likely at all. Exactly. Now that I think about it, if they were to come up against Real Madrid, it would be curtains. It would be over. <laughs> it would be curtains. Yeah, no, 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 nobody's bodying Benzema off the ball. Nobody's shutting down Vinicius. So it'll be a repeat of last year. Yeah, 
it's All not right. happening. They they yeah. had the, they had Madrid in the first half. I'm not gonna lie. They had they had Madrid. The whole second leg was chef's kiss. Timo Werner, I would die for you. That man, that game was on a mission. Yeah, no, he played well. Okay, Eric, provide us with some with some outsider perspective from some from some rival perspective. What should Chelsea be aiming for this season? As Molina was saying, go on a good run, get some positive results, and then just put everything into the Champions League. Because I do think that they have a good chance of getting past Dortmund and then just try to do that. Because if you win the Champions League, which, you know, is not going to happen, but there's a better chance of that than finishing top four, then you're in the Champions League again. You have more money to spend, more pull to bring players in, and you're exactly in the position of last season, except they've just got to spend the money better this time. I don't know. I just think this shift is so cataclysmic, so seismic. We don't need Europe. We don't like we we're going to have to play in FA Cups and Carabao Cups, but the Prem is where you lay your foundation and that's the only thing we need to focus on right now. If we go out to Dortmund, I literally wouldn't bat an eyelash. That's fair. That's, I I think I think the money will be spent better at least this summer in January because I feel like when Todd Bowley first came in, he needed to prove, like, I'm here, I'm backing Chelsea, I'm backing the manager. He needed to avoid fire. He he was willing to splash a ton yeah. of money for Tuchel. Fine, him and Tuchel had a disagreement. Tuchel's out, Potter's in. He's still backing Potter. He's still trying to get Potter his signings. He got Jao Felix. Yes, it's alone, but he got Nkuku as well. And I feel like Potter, I, I agree he's not the name. He's he's coming from Brighton. He's not coming from like Madrid or anything like that. But tactically, he's very very good. And although he's never managed huge egos before, I think he could step up to the plate. I think he's one of those managers that will develop with the team rather than be developed as they come into the team. Mm-hmm. Oh, he managed Ben White, best defender in the league. Can't say he hasn't managed big names, big egos. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Okay, I'll I'll I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Even though I was making fun of Ben White getting overpaid or overpaying for Ben White when when you guys signed him made me eat my eat my words. So I gotta I gotta respect. Oh, we that. were all skeptical. I'll hold yeah. my hands up. We were all skeptical. Exactly. He is a dude. That's true. Well, any final thoughts, any like cries of outrage as Chelsea fans or any final opportunities to shit on Chelsea, Eric? What do you two think? Do you think Chelsea should get a new keeper or stick by Kappa or Mendy? I think Mendy's got to go. I've never been a fan of Mendy. I've never been a I fan like of him Mendy. when he came in. But no, I, I, I still didn't last like season. He, last season, he was – well, he did concede. Yeah. I don't know. I just – I've seen too many – I've seen too many mistakes with distribution to be confident. And, Is Kappa the one? Yeah. Or does there need to be a new signing? I like Kappa. I I think there's better keepers. I like Kepa, but I think there's better keepers. Who would yeah. you who comes to mind when you say that? Mike Minion. Um, I don't know if well what, what's up with Emilio Martinez? He's going to United, isn't he? <laughs> I mean Emmy Martinez had beef. No, we're not we're not signing him. I don't know. I think Kepa or Mendy for me at this point, they're one and the same you're always going to get a howler whether it's distribution wise or the feed or letting Riyad Mahrez 
juke you over the shoulder, you know. Conceding 11 penalties and shootout and skying the penalty. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. No, I I've never backed Mendy. Owen knows. I it, yeah. first first he's dramatic with the saves, which I freaking cannot stand from keepers. And then bro he can't kick a damn dramatic. ball. He's a professional footballer and he can't kick a damn ball. Like, come on. Hey. R- Ramsdale's more dramatic with the saves. Ramsdale is but more dramatic. That's why there. I got beef with Ramsdale. No, 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 I got beef with too. Ramsdale too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Ramsdale. I love it. It's straight out of he's jumping around. Yeah, no. The, he didn't even save that one. Oh my god, who did they play? And the guy like totally shanks it. It goes wide. He didn't even like stretch to save it, and he's like in the dude's face, like yelling at him. And I'm like, bro, you didn't do shit. <laughs> I could have done that. I, I think that's an English keeper thing because I see it with Pickford too. If the shot's yeah. ten yards off target, he is up on the eighteen yard line screaming for no Same reason. Same as Joe Hart. It's always been like that. Yeah, also true. Also true. Okay. Well, that's all we have for you guys today. Be sure to join us next time where we will be doing our top ten wingers. So we'll see you then. Goodbye. <laughs>